myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe Good evening. Welcome to NUFC Matters. God, it's been so long. I don't even know if I can remember how to do the show. Um, I am back. It's live. I uh, thought I'd ease myself in gently uh, with one of these shows. I need to start planning the rest of the week and getting back to uh, getting back to basics. But uh, enjoyable three weeks of hard work and three weeks for me. But uh, Managed to give you plenty of content uh, as usual. Hope you enjoyed some of the shows that we did. And uh, from my perspective, it is good to be back. And uh, what a way to start uh, the World Cup. England uh, named a, a lineup which uh, read as follows Jordan Pickford, Luke Shaw, Declan Rice, John Stones, Harry Maguire, Harry Kane, captain in the team, Raheem Sterling, Kieran Trippier, one of our own. Bakayo Saka, Mason Mount, and Jude Bellingham. Uh, the subs today, um, well, there was there was a lot of them, uh, but Callum Wilson did manage to get onto the pitch as well, uh, giving us two players uh, playing in the World Cup today, which was fantastic. And England running out 6-2 winners and uh, a comprehensive win for uh, Gareth Southgate's boys. And for, for me, um, you know, something which... You have to say it should have been expected against a team such as Iran. Uh, but for me personally, um, good good way to start uh, with, with games coming thick and fast in the uh, the early part of the group games. But uh, give us your opinions on them. Tonight, of course, doesn't just have to be about England. If you've got a point to make about Newcastle United, feel free to jump in and uh, comment. Uh, I'll go through the chat uh, as well. And uh, do it now at the night. Um, hoping I have... Uh, a little bit of normality resumed this week by getting maybe Ross Gregory or Ben Jacobs on tomorrow. Geordie's here. Geordie's there Wednesday. Thursday, of course, will be Supermac and Gibbo. Um, and I just need to arrange what time the three Migos will be on Friday because obviously England play again Friday and it is uh, an early evening kickoff. So uh, I'll see what time the lads can do. Uh, so keep an eye out on all the usual, uh, all the usual socials and uh, we will update you as and when. Anybody... Um, who, uh, as I say, wants to make uh, uh, ask any questions about anything else, feel free to do so. I can only uh, go through the questions. If I can answer them, I will. If I can't, then uh, unfortunately, we will have to move on. Tom Dixon, from one of our admin. Good evening, Tom. He says, even great win today, and it was great to see Trippier and Wilson come off the bench. Tom, it was great just to see, you know, a comprehensive win. I mean, I've got to be honest, as I see it already coming in in the, uh, the comments, VAR once again. Um, spoiling things in true form, uh, says Stephen Kennedy. And yeah, I mean, look, watching that today, how on earth England did not get a penalty with Maguire wrestled to the floor and then Iran, um, for the slightest of shirt pulls, um, are awarded a penalty. I really, really do not know. Clearly something that upset Gareth Southgate. I mean, you know, from his perspective, six goals, in your opening game when, you know, you're not one of the tournament's favourites is, is great. Um, but the two goals he conceded, you, you know, you can't you, you can't blame the team for the VAR mistake. But the other one, yeah, um, Harry Maguire was, was motioning to the bench. He said he'd been concussed. Um, he was waving towards the bench, you know, more or less as soon as the goal had gone in. Something wasn't right. And, um, yeah, it was a good finish by the, uh, the Iranian striker. But... Uh, all in all, um, we were hoping that they were going to win by a three or four goal margin. They did do that. And room for improvement. Yeah, sure there is. Hopefully, um, you know, Newcastle United will, uh, um, Newcastle United's contingents of players will be able to continue with the form that they've shown and, and get them through the group stage. Because ultimately, Trippier had a, a really good game today. I'd, I'd go as far as to say he was probably one of the contenders for man of the match today for me. Uh, Callum Wilson, when he came on, uh, completely unselfish in his in his play to pull the ball back, um, you know, for Jack Grealish to to score the goal. So, yeah, Wilson played his part when he came on as well. It was great. Nick Pope didn't get the nod, unfortunately. Uh, 
all Tyrannosaurus Rex hands, uh, Jordan Pickford, um, as I thought, started in between the goalposts. And um, he's, you know, he is England's number one and Nick Pope is going to have to unsettle him uh, and get in that position at some point. Will he get a run? Will he get a run out if England qualify for the group ahead of uh, playing the last game? I would probably say he would. Stephen Kennedy also says, Happy with what I saw from our lads, but hate it when we take the foot off the gas, or am I spoiled now with Eddie Howe's football? No, Stephen, I know what you mean, mate. Um, you know, but I guess it just depends on the substitutions and, and how they affect the game. I think ultimately, um, I think Southgate got his substitutions spot on today. And, you know, I, I, I you know, I did a couple of talk-ins pre-match, and you know, the one to watch we all predicted would be Jude Bellingham. And, you know, he, he had a great game today. Um, young man, very, very talented. Great goal that he scored. Um, but substitutions often change, the, you know, the course of play. And we weren't playing, you know, a team here who essentially, you know, uh, you know, are, are amateurs, if you like. That, that This team does quite well in, 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 in you know, world football. Um, I've got to hold my hands up. I'm not, you know, you know, too familiar with any of the Iranian team, but I am familiar with Iranian results in World Cups, and ultimately they don't tend to, to you know, to get off to a bad start. In fact, they've thrown a few spanner in the works of, of big teams over the over the last few World Cups. So for them to get spanked, and it, it is a spanking six two, um, you know, will be a big shock. And the, the formation that Gareth Southgate cho- chose today may well prove that. You know, uh, you know, this guy might just have the look in the big tournaments. It doesn't matter what you do in the friendlies, I guess, as long as you get the tournaments. And he's he's passed one of Alf Ramsey's records today because Alf Ramsey, I think, had won eight games in major competitions. Um, he has essentially come on and, and now won nine in, in the world competitions. And that's great, great record. So, yeah, maybe Southgate's going to carry the look and carry it forward. Just had confirmation from Ross Gregory, by the way that he is free uh, tomorrow. Um, so as I speak to you, let's sort this out. Um, I'm going to go for a show in the morning because I know some of our expats abroad um, do enjoy that. Uh, so I'm going to go for a, a 10.30 a.m. start and see what he comes back with. Mr. Anderson, good evening. Always good to see you in the chat. Uh, and good evening um, as well to uh, Les Stapleton. Yeah, is it less? God, see, I've only been off one week and I'm already forgetting. It was slow in comparison to Newcastle. So yes, uh, we're spoiled. Uh, just replying to to what um, to what we said before about you know them them slowing the performance down. Tom, I am well. I'm very well, mate. I got a touch of the uh, the, the, the bug that's going around. Not ill, ill. Just uh, just a little bit fluey. I uh, know John Justice Allen is suffering from the same. Uh, it's not man flu though, so I'm I'm fine, mate. And there is John Justice Allen. Good evening, mate. Uh, good to see you with Peter, even though it was just a, a short period of time uh, today. Good evening, Kevin. I hope you are doing well, mate. And uh, thanks for tuning in, as always. And John, yeah, it was. It was a good performance. Um, this this isn't a group of death, is it? Um, this really is a group of progress, or it should be for, you know, for England. I mean, no offence to Wales, but ultimately, um, you know, England should be looking to win this group and win it handsomely. I would say... As Peter Beardsley said this afternoon, um, that USA could possibly be the second team and, and Wales may have to be content with the playoffs. But, you know, us beating Iran in, in such a confident way is is only going to, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's only going to you know, bring confidence to the squad. And that's all you need. It's tournament football. Um, yeah, I, I ultimately think that England you know, might go a little bit further than people think. I'm hearing a lot of people saying that they'll go out in the quarterfinals, but Never say never. You know, this team This team has almost won, you know, the Euros and, you know, came very close in the last World Cup. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh, they might be able to eclipse 1966. Trippier showed his class today, says Blue Rhythm Boy. Best I've seen at the team since Shearer. No lie. Absolute class, isn't he? His interview as well as the, um, as they came off the pitch and, you know, he, he took his place in front of the camera. He's just very, very good. He's just he's just all round a great player, but just somebody who is very confident in front of the camera and knows what to say. You know, the the, the reporter said that 
Gareth Southgate wasn't, you know, was a little bit disappointed with the two goals that were conceded. And, you know, first thing he said was, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're, we're the same. We're all on the same page. Completely nullified, you know, that kind of question being turned into some kind of negative. So, yeah, look, from my perspective, great stuff um, to have Trippier at Newcastle United. And you do get that a bit of pride when you see players from Newcastle United pulling on the England shirt as well. No doubt about it. Mr. Anderson says, even Steve will hopefully get to meet you and a drink on the 17th of December for the Rio friendly as John got me a ticket and I'm meeting him in the strawberry. Mr. Anderson, that will be great. Um, yeah, and I do know that I will be at the game. Uh, so I am looking forward to, to, to coming to that and seeing it and uh, got to get me tickets now for uh, the, the cup game as well. So yeah, looking forward to that. Evening, Mr. Sifter. Evening, Tom Lynch. And uh, evening, OG. How are you? Um, doing very well, mate. Doing very well. The uh, the film is in the bag. So uh, from my perspective, it's uh, time to move on and, and get back to, to putting out some positive content uh, on here. Blue Rhythm Boy says, am I wrong to be disappointed by the Iran goal? The first one. Two seconds. One sniff and they score. I hope this is a lesson learned. Um, I don't think you. I don't think you should be. I don't think you. I don't think you're wrong to be disappointed, Blue Rhythm Boy. I think. I think you know. Southgate said it himself. He, he is one hundred percent disappointed himself. He personally, um, you know, was you know he said I'm I'm quite down about the whole thing. You know, which says a lot about his expectations for this tournament. So, so yeah, and I mean it was a good finish. Um, same kid scored the penalty, and. Uh, it's just one of them things, isn't it? It really is just one of those things that happens in international football. I would be disappointed if, you know, it had been a 2-2 draw. Of course it would have been. But 6-2, they've won by four goals. Comprehensive performance. Harry Kane didn't score, which shows you we've got, we're not reliant on Harry Kane. We had goals coming from all over the pitch. And two Newcastle players got a run out. So, Magdebate says, Iran got a sympathy penalty. I, I, would, I would agree with you on that. Um, but, I mean... It just makes a farce, Mag, debate of VAR, doesn't it, really? When you look at the penalty that we should have had and didn't get and the penalty that they got and they shouldn't have, VAR, it just becomes a farce. Mr. Fister, uh, Mr. Sifter, Mr. Fister, Mr. Sifter says, this is from a ref who's apparently given out umpteen red cards in his last few games, different ref today. Yeah, I, d I didn't know much about the officials. As I see, I literally came back from Spain last night didn't have much sleep. I haven't had much sleep for three weeks. I've got to be honest. So um, I'm not uh, on my one. I'm not on my top game for this first one back, which is why I've I've gone for um, just me doing it. To be fair, but yeah, this ref's apparently given up umpteen red cards in these last few games. Different ref today. It's because they've got to fight. They've got to follow. They've got to follow the rules and regs, haven't they? That's what they've got to do. They follow the rules and regs of FIFA, and they're under the world spotlight. So they completely change. They really do. They completely change. Half past 10, confirm with Ross Gregory anyway. Half past 10 in the morning. So uh, that will be your next uh, uh, NUFC matters. Um, so half past 10 in the morning. But yeah, you're right. The referees do change. And and and, and FIFA always choose these competitions to try and bring new things in. I mean, do you remember they did the water drinks break when um, Italia 90 was on? And you had that farcical episode with John Aldridge on the sidelines of the Republic of Ireland in England. I mean, it's just ludicrous that they do this. And you will find that some referees will change uh, from what from, you know from what they usually are. Didn't see the VAR incident, but being a Celtic man, I can tell you how unfair, ridiculous VAR is. OJ, honestly, VAR, you know, really should be should be clearing up a lot of issues. Instead, it's creating issues in England and in Scotland and everywhere else. And the World Cup is the showcase trophy of football. And and even that's not immune to the, the ludicrous decisions and mistakes that we see on a regular basis. And some of these some of these are just so obvious. You just wonder what on earth the officials are looking at. You can't you can't you know and because we don't hear what they've got to say, that means that it's open to their interpretation and we're left to just guess at what they're looking at. But yeah, I can. I mean, I can sympathise with you. We we had it. We felt as if we were being, you know, unfairly targeted by VAR at the back end of last season and the start of this season. Look at the Liverpool game uh, with Isaac's goal that was chalked off. Perfectly good goal. Uh, but VAR is, is, you know, as I said, it, it it's got a long way to go before you know it, it starts to benefit the game on a regular basis. I doubt you want to do politics on the channel, but it's a shame that a bit of the edge has been taken off this World Cup. You know what, Blue Rhythm Boy, this. This platform has 
always been open to discuss things in a sensible manner, whether that be true crime, whether it be politics, whether it be football, whatever. Um, we've we've had our fair share of knockers on here, uh, people who have been against us because we were championing the Saudi takeover, and then because the Saudi takeovers happened. You know, I'm I'm completely you know on a regular basis. You can be attacked and trolled on various forms of social media by people who are either being paid to do it or by Saudi, you know, by bots from another country who do, who are against the Saudi takeover. So this Qatar World Cup is now um, centre, slap bang centre of attention. But as always with these things, in my opinion, once the football starts, everything else pales into insignificance. And what is going on on the ground out there whether we hear about anything or see anything reported, who knows? But the same people who are against the Saudi takeover in the national media are the same people who will be on a freebie out there reporting on the World Cup. Um, double standards, I would say. And that's my opinion. Again, I just think, you know, if you're against Saudi, why aren't you against Qatar? You know, there's not much difference, really, in, in, in the political spectrum, is there? But this is what happens. This is what happens. Um, and it's took, I think it's only took an edge off the World Cup because it's for, for, for a person who doesn't give a monkey's about the whole politics of the thing, is only interested in football. The only reason it's took an edge off it is that for a World Cup game, I'm going in with a winter coat on, a woolly hat, and a pair of gloves. Um, you know, and, and, and having to sit in a tent as opposed to sitting in an outside sports bar or, you know, and, and basking in. 25, 30 degree heat. It, it, it's bonkers having the World Cup at this time. Plus, as a Newcastle fan, the one thing that I'm concerned about is how it's going to affect, you know, our team because we we are on a great run at the moment. Now we're being forced to have a month out and go through a second preseason. So I don't know. Um, I think the politics will just it, it just pales into insignificance. It'll just drift on and. I just, you know, I, I just think the World Cup has only been spoiled because of uh, because of that. Uh, Sank, I hope you're well. Uh, hi, everyone. Nick Pope should be in the England level instead of Jordan Pickford. Well, Pope's been selected, but Pickford's got, and, and again, this is my opinion. Some of you may disagree. Sank, I'm sure you will. Pickford has got the experience in these games. And Supermac on the show and, and some of the live stuff I've done with him, constantly says that Pope is playing behind a defence that doesn't really let much past it. So Pickford's getting tested week in, week out in a pretty average Everton team, it has to be said. They're not a poor Everton team. They're average at the moment. There is room for improvement. And if there's any Everton fans watching, I'm sure you'll agree. But Nick Pope, he's got nothing to do. He's had nothing to do. Um, so it must be difficult when Southgate comes to watch Nick Pope play for Newcastle to get any kind of idea of as to what he can actually do. Um, there's no doubt he's a good goalkeeper. We know he's a good goalkeeper. Those who go home and away and watch him can tell he's a good goalkeeper. But Southgate picks and chooses games. It, it's highly unlikely that, that he's seen him have to do a great deal other than walk on the pitch and walk off the pitch and maybe pull off one save. So, yeah, I mean... I think Pickford earned the right to be in there. He's played in some major tournaments and had great success. Leave it to Gareth Southgate. Um, I, I, I think he, I think Pope will get a run out at some point, but but Pickford is is still number one. Tall keepers are always better. Inches are important in football, says OG. I, 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 I guess in some ways people would say, you know, you could point to many players, many goalkeepers. Paddy Bonner, Republic of Ireland. Um, Shea Gibbon, um, Ireland and Newcastle. You know, sometimes small keepers can 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 pull off wonders. Jimmy Montgomery, who played for Sunderland in the 73 Cup final, pulled off a wonder save. The man with the most caps is England goalkeeper, Peter Shilton. Wasn't particularly tall. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know whether I would agree with that philosophy. Um sometimes, yes, I would agree. But sometimes, you know, some you get some people who are good shot stoppers, which is what Pickford certainly is. Uh, but you also get people who are, you know, good shot stoppers, but not necessarily good at their distribution or kicking. So it really, it really depends. It's a, it's a healthy debate that one. It really is. Newcastle would beat the, the, this England team. 
I think Newcastle at the moment would certainly not get beaten by this England team. They'd, they'd, but, they'd, um, but yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting interesting thought, John. Um, if they played each other, um, gotta ask yourself who would Callum Wilson, Nick Pope, and Kieran Trippier play for though? Newcastle, I presume. Um, Iran have had some decent technical players. They're not a bad. That's what I'm saying. They are not a bad. Um, they, they're not a bad international team, and that is a surprise result. England scoring six goals against a team that, going back in World Cup history, can often upset the apple card and essentially, you know, give you that, you know, potential banana skin effect. And England didn't just navigate it; they smashed them aside. Um, Jude Bellingham today um, probably just pipped Trippier as, as for me as man of the match. What a player he is! His movement off the ball, his distribution, his distribution, his passing. And what a wonderful goal it was. Absolutely wonderful placement header that was. And in fact, you look at Saka again, somebody else who probably was pushing for man of the match, who, you know, made the goals look effortless. They weren't effortless. They were, you know, they, they weren't easy. I think one took a slight defection, but Saka again, somebody who, you know, um, you know, probably was mentally affected by the, you know, the last the last World Cup. Um you know, sometimes it's difficult to pick yourself up from those situations, but ah, you know, just it was a really good performance. And I'm not England, England, England. I'm I support England, of course I do, but Newcastle first, England second for me. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I I'm just very impressed with that start. Let's hope it can continue. Sunderland would have beaten that around side, says Mark. How am Mark? I, I'm not sure about that. So, <laughs> Gavin, nice to see you, mate. Um. He says, I've seen twice today where the ref hasn't allowed the substitutes to come once in the England game and then Holland versus Senegal game. Why is that? This has got to be um, this has got to be one of the directives. It has to be, Gavin. It, it, and, and you know, you've watched football as long as me, mate. It's got to be a directive by FIFA. I haven't been through them. I mean, that's how little interest I've had in this World Cup, to be honest. And there'll be some directive to say that you've got to do this or you've got to do that. I mean, I, I couldn't believe how much injury time there was. Ten minutes at the end of the game. Was it 14 in the first half? Um, absolutely ludicrous. Really, really bonkers. But we'll have to check up on that, Gavin. I'll go and have a look once I've had uh, I've had a bite to eat tonight and see see whether I can find what the new FIFA directives are because there'll be some bonkers directive that says, you know, that's what they've got to do. Les, I was right. Thank you. Good save there, Steve. Yes, 100%. Uh, when's the CS film release date? Mark, no confirmed date as yet, other than next year. Um, we have been telling everybody December, but it looks as if it will be brought forward. So my guess, September. Trailer out early part of the year. Three weeks hard filming, Mark. Um, 16, 17 hour days I've been doing for the last three weeks, along with uh, the producer and the director. Um, one or two bumps in the road, as there always is when you're making a movie. Um, but it's in the can, and the distribution, uh, the distribution team, and the editor now have it, and uh, off they have gone with it. And I just have to sit and wait now. But there it is, first uh, feature film, which, from my perspective, um, I always wanted to do, and I never expected that I would write the script. But because of, you know, because of COVID, I had the opportunity to do that, and the passing of me mom in May. Um, you know, gave me just that extra incentive to get it right and make it, you know, dedicate it to me mom. So it that's where we're at. It's it's done, it's dusted, um, it's filmed, some great performances. And what I really wanted to do was give young up-and-coming Northeast talent a chance. I also wanted to give a lot of familiar faces an opportunity to come in the film. And it's Geordie's playing Geordie's, Cockney's playing Cockney's. Um you know, it, it's it's been done exactly the way I wanted it. If I only get one chance at doing it, I wanted to do it properly. And I'm very happy with it. So not going to get too much more out of this on it other than probably a September release, Mark. And uh, just keep watching, um, you know, the social media, etc. about it. You'll, you'll hear more about it, I'm sure, in due course. Good evening, Rachel. I hope you are well. Tom says, uh, how far do you think England will go? It's a good question. If you'd asked it before today... I probably would have been in the the group of people who I mentioned at the start who were saying quarterfinals. Um, 
and it's difficult to get carried away when you win a game by such a margin. But I'm going to tip England to probably get the uh, the semis again. Where they go from that, I don't know, Tom. But I think they can get to the semis, and it depends what draw and how it works out and what happens to everybody else. But there's still a few players in this team who will want to go that extra mile and, and win it. So I'm going to say semis, Tom. That is my prediction. Three games in a row and a tub of quality street hasn't taken long to get into this World Cup. <laughs> God, it is bizarre still. I, I don't think I will ever get to that kind of situation um, with, with this whole... World Cup thing being at the winter, it is bizarre. There's no playoff, just the top two qualifiers, says Jordi Tumalay. Well, there you go. As I was saying, there is another change. There is another, um, you know, another rule change, you know, another change in the dimension of the uh, of the, the, the tournament. Bizarre, bizarre. But just the top two qualified, and so be it. England will be in the top two. It's a case of who else joins them. Wales, USA, Iran, my money will be on USA. I've got to be honest. Andrew, hope you're well, mate. Good to be back live. Thanks for your uh, messages. Good to see you. Stephen says, uh, I hope the Aussie Wonder Kid gets a run out tomorrow. Can't wait to see him. Yeah, well, Wales kick off at seven tonight. Um, but yeah, Australia as well will be interesting to see him. Our, our Karen Goal will be uh, will be having a, a run out. So that will be good. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And of course, looking forward to seeing Bruno. Um, I don't think he'll be in the starting eleven, but he will be. I will be featuring at some point, I'm sure. So another another player to keep an eye out for. Uh, good evening, Big Billy. Um, I am very well, mate. Very well. Um, recuperating, mate, after the whole um, filming situation. But uh, some 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 great days, mate. Some great laughs. Some great memories, mate. Some great friendships made amongst the cast and crew. Um, a family. A family's been created. Um, that's what it was all about. And to be honest, you know, a lot of hard work and effort to get it to that stage and money, of course, but we're there and it's done. Um, I find it a bit surreal to say that, uh, if I'm perfectly honest, Billy, but I am very well. And, and Mr. Anderson, yeah, it did. Like, th there were some great performances. I think when the people of the Northeast and, and further afield worldwide watch this, they will, they'll enjoy it. It's, remember, it's an entertainment. And this is an interpretation of the sales story. It's not a direct um, it's not a direct film about, you know, their life and times, Stephen's life and times. It's a, it's a film. It's, it's, it's a, what the way I describe it is factional. It's, it's part fact, part fiction. Some characters you'll recognise, but we've brought the story forward into the modern day. So it's not a period piece. It's not, it's not sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, noughties. It's nineties and noughties, which gives you an opportunity as well to be able to showcase the the region as it is now. Um. But yeah, there's some familiar faces in there, um, and there's some some unfamiliar faces who will become familiar faces off the back of this film, 100%. Um, so, you know, everything I wanted and more is the way I would describe it. And just want to thank the the director and the producer for the work that they've done. Being American based, it's bonkers watching their TV coverage as they treat Pulisic like he's prime Pelly. Well, at least they both begin with a peak. They don't, do they? Diamayao, Pulisic. I mean, I know he's been linked with Newcastle on more than one occasion, like, but he's not Pelly, like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, no offense to any American viewers, but the you know they can the media and the TV networks out there can go completely over the top. Um, Doug says, I was thinking Pope uh, should be in that goal for the penalty. That's a good point, Doug. Yeah, I mean, it was a meaningless penalty, wasn't it, really, um, at the end of the day? Because, you know, England was so so far out of the way that it was never going to the, alter the game. And I agree with who was earlier before who said it was a sympathy penalty. There's, there is no doubt that is all it was, a sympathy penalty. Uh, Blue Rhythm Boy says, I watched the Italia 90 documentary on Channel 4 recently. How does Gaza rate for you, Steve, in terms of all-time England greats? He was world-class at that tournament. You can only speak as you find and you can only speak of you know, the players that you watched. And I said it to Peter Beardsley on stage today. Um, I still can't get past Italia 90 as my favourite World Cup. And I know that we, you know, I wasn't born in 66 and, you know, too young uh, to remember the subsequent World Cups after that. But, 86 was my first World Cup that I really paid attention to it. Um, 82, I remember Spain 82. I remember the horrendous song, Kevin Keegan, etc. But it wasn't, it wasn't a mouth-watering competition. 
Well, by 86, I was a regular at Newcastle's games and Beardsley broke into that team. And it was it, there was very little TV coverage in those days. I remember listening to it on my me, me radio in my bedroom. And I think it was the game against Poland when Beardsley came on and he basically set up a hat-trick for Gary Lineker. Lineker won the Golden Boot that year. Um, and that was that was an amazing tournament to, to, to watch. And of course, the games that were televised, the infamous Hand of God and Maradona and, and, and all that jazz, it was a it was a big thing, but Gaza obviously come into prominence in 1990. That was just monumental for me. I mean, it was a coming of age thing for me as well. I mean, you know, in 1990, I was, you know, I, 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 I mean, I was born in 72, so you know, I'm I'm at an age where I'm starting to go out and socialise, drink with me mates, watch it with me mates, and it, it was just brilliant. You know, every everything about that tournament was great from Pavarotti to to Paul Gascoigne to Scalacci. Um, it, it, it's it's a it's a one that I just I'll, I'll never forget that World Cup. And you know, I still wear you know I still wear that replica top, the white and the blue. Peter Beardsley um, loves you know love talking about it today. And you know, Gaza rates as one of the greats, one hundred percent, because he was the best player in world football in that time. Um, he, he broke onto the national stage. The the, the tears of Turin, just absolutely great to see, and um, such a crying shame that you know that injury that he sustained at Wembley, um, you know, you know, hampered him, you know, for, for, for the rest of his career because we never, never really saw the progression that Gaza should have had. But, um, yeah, he's up there, no doubt about it. Peter Shilton, um, you know, because of the caps that he won, um, it, 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 for me, is, is another one of my favourite England players. Um, Gary Lineker, you know, the first, like, first real striker that I've, I enjoyed watching as a, as a as an England fan, if you like. And the, the list's endless, but it, it's the black and the players from Newcastle, the black and white players who, who really make that, you know, make make it special for you. So you know, yeah. But Gaza was up there for me, um, you know, and and I know you know with England fans, he, he clearly is as well. He, the concussion was badly managed today. Shearer is passionate about changing that one. Yeah, and I, yeah. I mean, whatever happened to Harry Maguire, he clearly wasn't right and. Wasn't everybody's first choice, Maguire? Certainly wouldn't have been mine. And the England fans I was speaking to before the game today were all moaning and groaning that Maguire had been selected. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I think Dan Byrne should have gone to the World Cup. He's, he's been outstanding at Newcastle. But that's biasedness on my behalf, which is something that Peter Beasley picked me up on today. Um, but I genuinely, yeah, concussion needs to be taken seriously. And there needs to be an opportunity. I think Shira mentioned it on Match of the Day a couple of weeks ago, where you're given that opportunity to go off the pitch for 10 minutes, see if you're okay, and then come back on. But yeah, I mean, awful, awful, awful to see any player going through that. But Harry Maguire, you know, seems to be a bit like Pickford. International level for England in the major tournaments doesn't let you down. Awful for Manchester United. But seems to be absolutely fantastic for uh, you know, uh, you know, essentially like that, you know, uh, for for the international team. Pickford is not number one, but to be fair, he tipped that one on the bar. And if they're given pens, Maguire was WWE style, but early on consistency zero. Chief Shearer, you're right, mate. Um, it, Pickford's not number one. I think I think he's I think he's number one for England. Like I do. Um, but he, and he pulls off some great saves. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and, and we mentioned it earlier. That was ridiculous. That should have been a penalty. Uh, Maguire should have had a penalty. I no doubt about it. Doug says, I agree with the pundits and I'm saying it was a sympathy decision penalty-wise. Yeah, I don't think anybody was going to disagree. Billion-dollar stadium. They don't have mechanical-driven stretchers. That's poor. Zero concussion protocol with that keeper. He was gone. Yeah, I mean, everything about this World Cup is going to be under scrutiny. And... Ultimately, the you know that there are certain things which they probably could do better. Maybe not playing the horrendous music that they play after the goals. I hate that in any stadium. Um, trying to you know trying to create an atmosphere. I don't know how many people were there today. I, I don't know whether it was a sellout um, or not. But yeah, the, the World Cup is a is it's such a prestigious tournament. But on the flip side. It, it, it can really cause massive problems for the places where it's held. Now, the Qatari people wanted this. And the Qatar government wanted it. But if you watch some of these FIFA World Cup programmes um, and documentaries about it, some of the places don't want the World Cup there. 
and literally it costs them an absolute fortune, which they end up repaying for years on end. And they get they end up with these soulless, empty white elephant stadiums, which are never used again. So, yeah, I, I, we could talk all night about that, Chief Shearer. I'm, I'm, I think I'm on your side, mate, 100%. Good evening, all. Welcome back, Steve Wraith, like the man of mystery today with the camera off, Jules. Yes, I am. Um, easing myself back in, Jules. Uh, thank you for the welcome. Uh, good to have all my uh, mods here. Uh, and, and nice to, nice to see you all. But yeah, I will be back in full glorious Technicolor tomorrow. I'm just, um, I've been able to see my school teachers again today. I go out with them once in a, once every few months for a bit of a catch up, put the world to rights. So I've been out and had a, a meal with them before heading back home. Uh, they, they feature in the film as supporting artists as well. So you'll have to keep an eye out for them. Uh, but nice to see you, Jules. Uh, I did remember Troll of the Week last week as well. Might have been late, but I did get there. FIFA penalised fans for bringing politics into football, whether it be banners or songs, but the journalists involved in football can bring divisive politics into football with no repercussions. Yeah, they can, OG, and we are getting our fair share of it in Newcastle. Um, you know, it, and, and it's just it's something we've, we've spoken about on a show time and time and time again. Um, yeah, it, it, politics, politics in football shouldn't really clash, but it's clashing more and more unfortunately. Um, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, the far left and the far right take it too far for me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle and I've got no allegiances to either. And I set, I can quite clearly as a, as a human being separate um, football and politics. Some people say you shouldn't, but I can. And those of you who follow us on Twitter will see, I don't get sucked into these arguments anymore. It's an absolute waste of time been drawn in and sucked in to any discussion about it because no matter what you say you will be wrong no matter what you reply with you will be wrong in someone's eyes and you will just waste your day getting sucked in to some kind of you know cesspit of an argument and it's just not worth it so keep out of it is my message to anyone who asks my advice on that kind of thing keep out of it VAR system would be better uh, for referees adopted an NFL-style model of direct explanations of key decisions, and they happen in the games. Keith, 100% right, mate. 100% right. It's It can be done in cricket and rugby. Rugby have used this for years. Why aren't, the, why aren't they using the same methods? Why are they doing it as if they have just invented it and they're going through the same teething problems that probably these other sports have? Um, direct explanations and communication is all you need. To you know, to, to put this right. So Keith, hundred percent, I agree with you. Sheep Shearer says, "I'm a big tune fan. Maybe we should hire Infantino as our media relations to deflect any anti-Saudi sentiment." Um, I've been. Those of you who watch the Three Amigos know that I get. We do look alike on there. Believe you me, he dominates. Uh, he's dominating so far. <laughs> he's taking the pressure off Steve Hasty. I think uh, some of the things I've been sent this week. I haven't had time to go through them all. But, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I get what you're saying there. Pope is the superior goalkeeper, says Chris, but Southgate is loyal to Pickford, and that's the situation at the moment. Pope's great. I've got to be honest, I wasn't 100% confident when we brought him in. But he is a very, very, very good goalkeeper. No doubt about it. Um, as I've said, though, he doesn't have a great deal to do. And I can just imagine, you know, Southgate's picked and choose these games to come to watch Newcastle and... Each time he's probably not seen a great deal by by Pope, other than the odd save here and the odd save there. Pickford, on the other hand, has got you know lots to do on you know lot you know lots to do each game. So it might, but I think you're right. He is loyal to Pickford as well because of what he's done in previous tournaments. A wonder save for a small keeper is a comfortable save for a tall one. OG, this is very true. Um, but it, again, it just comes down to the fact that Southgate goes out and watches. Keith, I, I mean, it was just bonkers, wasn't it? I only saw part of it, but it was, it, it, you know, what he, what he came out with was was mad. You, you just wonder, you know, who, you know, did he write it himself? Did he get somebody else to write it? Really don't know. Good question, Tom. Would you look at Jude Bellingham in the window? I, it, it wouldn't have crossed my mind, uh, to be honest, um, at all. But his performance today, now I can see why there's such a, a clamour for him. Um, hell of a player, great movement. Great passing ability and can score goals. And also seems to have his head screwed on. And let's face it, 
You've got Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier and Nick Pope in that England squad. They'll be doing their bit for player relations, believe you me. <laughs> so, never say never, Tom. We might get them. Les says, Bellingham at 19, captain his club and playing like that for his country is astounding. Came across very well in his interview too. Yeah, 100% he did. Very, very intelligent player. Uh, and I agree with you, 100%. Blue Ribbon Boy says, Steve, I see the true Geordie has been in hot water recently. Good to see him looking to better himself, although his comments were undefendable. Any thoughts on that situation? I, I've only met Brian a couple of times. Um, and to be honest, uh, he, he, he wasn't my cup of tea when he first started off. And what I mean by that is he used to do these five-minute clips which went viral where he was effing and blinding about Newcastle United. And I just didn't get it. It was clearly something which a whole different mindset of supporters got, which I just didn't even find it funny. So it wasn't for me. Since he became the true Geordie, got the sponsorship, became bigger and better, and he, he started doing the interview side of things, I've really liked him. And, and I thought, yeah, really good. I don't watch him on a regular basis. I used to I used to watch a lot of podcasts, listen to a lot of podcasts during lockdown, which I'm sure you lot did as well. I, I did listen to Sean Atwood, James English predominantly, but I've got other interests. I'm not just true crime football. I, I like a bit of science fiction. I was tapping into a lot of the Blake Seven um, uh, podcasts. Um, people who know me know that I'm a, a bit of a, a bit of a nerd on Blake Seven, so I, I was tuning into them. I was also tuning into like a, a couple of like uh, BBC Sounds things. I, I listened to the Waco one because obviously I've I've met a couple of people who survived the Waco fire, so I listened to that. I listened to. Um, a, a couple of Michael Caine podcasts. So, I, I, you know, I'm quite diverse. Listen to a few different things. So, True Geordie, not one I particularly listen to. However, um, in recent years, I've, in, in the recent years, sorry, I've, I've seen a couple of sound bites taken from his podcast where, and again, it's unfair to judge somebody on a sound bite because it can be taken out of interpretation. I've been the victim of that myself where I may say something, it gets cut, clipped, as you would say on YouTube, and used against you to make it look as if you're saying something or doing something, um, which you're not. Or, you know, it's crazy. Now, he's made a couple of comments off the cuff, or his co-presenter has, and they've been, you know, spun around uh, to make it look as if he's been this or the other. 100% in this particular situation, his comments are 100, 150% undefendable. I, I think the way that he handled it when he came out, again, my personal opinion, um, was good that he apologised, but it was almost in a matter-of-fact way. And I just think, God, you know, like you get yourself into some position, son. So I just felt, I don't think he did himself any good, but he's got more followers than he has detractors. Um, now, he lost a bit of sponsorship, I believe. Um, I haven't been following the story as intently or closely maybe as some of you guys have. But, you know, if he's lost a few sponsors, that's, that's you know, that's going to affect him as well. So it's just, it's, it's the same as when some of his personal life came out, you know, and some of the messages that he'd allegedly sent from one, you know, from him to, to someone else. It wasn't good, but he bounced back from that. Can he bounce back from this? Only time will tell. Um, but yeah, I, who am I to judge another person on another podcast? I can give you my opinion. Um, and yeah, you know, good luck to him when he's mission to better himself. Uh, Bruno and Bellingham would be some centre midfield. You're right, John. 100. You're right. It would be a, it would be a good it would be a good signing. Are we looking to sign a midfielder? I don't know. We've got Isaac to come back in. I think we'll be looking to bring in a forward in. Oh, we might bring Madison in. Like everyone, everyone I bump into at the minute, even across in Tenerife last week. Um, you know, oh, Madison's the player. Madison's the player. Lots of lots of talk about Madison. Um. I'd love him. He's from my home city, says Jules, but he won't move till the summer, at least in my opinion. I reckon it'll be Real Madrid or one of the sneaky, but I'll have a, I'll have him if we if we could. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, impressed by him. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Gakpo and Depay in January, please. And we're only three games in. I hope Amanda's watching with a shopping list. I've got a, I've got a feeling, despite what Eddie Howe said, that that's already been done and dusted. They know exactly what they want, 100%. Uh, haven't had a tiny peek at the Sears film. It is going to be epic. Thank you, John. Yeah, it was nice to see you at the uh, at the rap party. 
Um, Rachel says she's looking forward to seeing it. My mom will be looking down with pride, says Jules. What's the music score? Good question. Craig Gannon uh, from the Smiths is doing the music score. Um, we have we have permission from QFX to use some of their music. Uh, we are awaiting some from Smooth and Terrell. Um, just needs to be uh, tied up that one. And uh, the Long Sands, who of course do the, the the theme song for this show. That is the music score, but the music score itself will be done by Craig Gannon, who was a in the band The Smiths. I would bring on Pope if we went to a penalty shootout, just like Krull came on for Holland. It's fair enough. Positive vibes. Sorry, I might have just missed you, but I hope you are well. Sefton Mag, good to see you in the chat. Just started watching your crane videos. Brilliant. But have you ever been threatened, like from the craze? Um, I've had threats, yep. I was threatened by one or two people in the past. Um, it, it happens on a regular basis when you're, in, when, when you're writing about true crime. Never from the craze. Um, I fell out with the craze on more than one occasion. Sefton Mags, um, it's documented in me, me books and me documentaries. Um, but yeah, you know, listen, you walk a fine line when you're writing about true crime or you're doing stuff about true crime. Um, but when you think of the names that I've worked with or met or spoken to, such as the Cray family, the Richardsons, um, the Sears, the Nashes, the you know, you name it, I've met them all, the Lambrianos, um, you know, I've met some, you know, fairly infamous people such as Charles Salvador, uh, Paul Ferris, Kenny Noy. You know, these people are all, you know, high level. And, you know, I've, I, you know, I still maintain a great relationship with those kind of people. Brendan Quinn, the Irish criminal, um, the book that I wrote last year with, with Brendan was, you know, to get access to people like that and to still maintain the, um, the communication with those people, you know, if I need to. Um, yeah. I, I would say that you know I've I've had a uh, I've had a very blessed life in that respect that I've been able to meet people who I've read about or meet people who wanted to do that. The Massey family, of course, as well. When you know their the dad was was shot dead, wanted me to write the book from their perspective because there was a book coming out, um, you know, about their dad which they weren't happy about. So yeah, I've I've, I've got a healthy interest in it. Um, but with the acting side of things now, I'm looking to move away from from true crime books. I've, I think I've written everything I wanted to read, uh, you know, to, to, to write. Um, but never say never. I'm always I'm always asked to do doc documentaries about the craze, etc. I've spent half an hour speaking to a woman today from from LA um, who wants me involved in a new career documentary. So we'll see. But if you want to know the you know the true perspective about the craze. Go on to Amazon, The Craze Gangsters Behind Bars. That is the, the documentary to watch, which tells you about my journey on, on, on that side of things. I bet there's a few more England shirts being sold on Wearside instead of wearing that local embarrassing one, Doug. Brilliant result today. Trivia is outstanding. It's coming home. Sefton Mag, I hope so, man. I hope so. Why was the ref so intent on getting the game played while we were 1-0 down with concussion? Yeah, well, God knows, man. Got no idea about that. Really, really don't. When did Newcastle set off to Saudi? Um, won't be too long, but I don't know the exact date. Um, I haven't, as I say, I'm playing catch-up, Tom, so we'll find out for tomorrow on the Ross Gregory show at half past 10 in the morning. Maguire, uh, Maguire was fine prior to injury. Makes you wonder what's going on at Man U. Yeah. Maguire's a strange fish. Strange situation with Maguire. I, I mean, has he, has he got that um, court case still outstanding as well? Possibly he has. How the hell Aki gets in the Holland team and Botman is sitting at home is a mystery to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm delighted Botman hasn't gone, though. I just don't want him to get any injuries. Seen some bad refereeing decisions lately, so wider issue, so issue wider than the Premiership. That's just true, David. Phenomenon, Ronaldo, the 90s player, and Messi documentaries are two good documentaries recently uploaded to iPlayer. Good shout, uh, Keith, coming towards Christmas time as well, so we'll have time to watch them. Uh, 45,000, uh, oh no, 43,500 capacity. Capacity 67,000. That was from today's game. I know I'm a little bit behind on the chat. So, has anyone watched FIFA Uncovered on Netflix? It's very interesting. Again, that's another one on a long list of documentaries people keep telling me to watch. I will give it a watch, um, Rachel. And that's on Netflix. Okay, cheers. Thank you, Jules. Doing your bit. Please, if you haven't subscribed, give it a sub, uh, hit the like, hit the share. Um, big, big thank you to uh, to everybody um, who do that. Uh, Stephen says uh, the Holland game uh, the commentator said that the stadium 
was less than half full, but the official attendance was given us 48,000 more than capacity. And Stephen suggesting that the organisers potentially are allegedly massaging the figures. Chairs, good evening. Hope you're well. Exposure TV. Hope you're well, son. Um, I missed your messages, mate. Honestly, I, I got back last night. I was bushed. Went to bed. If you're going to continue to do that, mate, send us the link and I will jump on. Um, I haven't got much to do tomorrow other than half past 10 or half past 11 with Ross Gregory. So if um, you don't want tomorrow or later in the week, let us know. I'll book it in, stick it in my diary and I'll come and jump on there. Give Exposure TV a follow um, as well. He's doing a lot of World Cup stuff um, as we are um, uh, as we're slap bang in the middle of it now. Mark Twain said, never argue with an idiot. They'll drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Tom, very, very true that. Dedication is definitely what you need if they want to be a record breaker, Jules, as uh, um, our good friend used to say. Um, Pope is a very good keeper, better than Pickford, apart from his distribution, says Exposure TV. And Chess says, Bellingham is up there with Bruno. I'd love to have him at our club. Yeah, me too, Chess, 100%. Uh, Bellingham was my first choice for Toon when the takeover went through. Interesting, David, because it's not a player that I've watched, um, you know, uh, not watched a great deal. And yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I, I can see why there's a, a clamour for his signature now. How times changed, Steve. This time last year, uh, we were playing, saying you should loan Nat Phillips off uh, LFC. Now here you are looking to poach Bellingham off us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bonkers, mate. Newcastle fans have been allowed to dream again. And that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. There's just no stress from football, which uh, which should be an enjoyment and, and you know, for, for anyone, for everyone. And, and it is. Does Sarah, uh, Gareth Southgate have to stick with that 11 now, Steve? Oh, what a question. Um I don't think he'll change. I don't think. I don't think he'll change a great deal. It was interesting because you know me. I do listen to the the interviews um, quite intently. You know, like we do with Eddie Howe. It was interesting what he said about the end of the game, where he said, "What really impressed me was the unselfishness from Callum Wilson. Instead of going for goal, which he was entitled to, he passed the ball back to Grealish. He was thinking about the team first, and that pleased him." So, Wilson might be in his thoughts because Harry Kane isn't going through a great spell back home. And if... You just never know. He might, he might go with giving Wilson a start. Could be, could be a little swerve ball. I don't know. He's, you know, Kane's his striker, etc. But you just never know. I expect Callum Wilson and Nick Pope maybe to get a start if England qualify. If they win the first two group games, they're going to qualify anyway. Um, I think he might go. He might, he might give him a chance. But yeah, I think you'll stick with the same team. You you can't stop. You can't not pick a team that's scored six goals. The penalty, forget about that because that's just VAR stupidity. The other goal was disappointing, one hundred percent. NUSC are off to Saudi the first week of December, says John. Thanks for clearing that up. Wales will play in ten. Who will win that one? There seems to be a bit of negativity around Wales, but I think I think I think. Um, I think we'll do all right. I, I, I still think America will be the ones who go through, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. It really is. They're not a one-man band as much as they were, but yeah, I, I think that's going to be a draw. I'm going to put that down as a draw, 100%. Lee, hope you're well. Um, now that I'm back and I'm, I've got this film done, um, we will try and get this online podcast sorted out, mate. I've, I've got one or two people to speak to and... Um, Certainly you are one of them, so be nice to get you on. Are we happy with Wilson teeing up Grealish? Yeah, the irony of that with, uh, with the the boost that he uh, has given Miggy in his career was a strange one, wasn't it? Uh, really was. It really was strange. But fair play to Wilson coming in. He, had a, he, he did really, really well, mate, and, and to do that was, was fantastic. Good to see Trippier wear the captain's armband, nailed in first choice. Um, I, David, it, it's just great. We've got such a great... Um, we've got such a great leader at Newcastle. Great to see him on the international stage doing what he's doing, and um, yeah, it's just it's just great to see Newcastle players involved. It, it gives you a bit more interest as well, isn't it? I think USA game will be tough, says Tom. I agree, Tom. It it it, it, it the dark horses, America. Um, 
I just, I just, I, I, you know, as I said, this isn't a group of death. It's really this should be the easiest, easiest group for us to, to navigate. But USA will be a tougher game. Yeah, I think we'll beat Wales, no problem. But USA will be a tougher game. John, uh, saying what a lot of people will probably think, great to have NUFC matters back live, putting the universe back in sync. Thank you, John. And thanks for all the work you do. It is good to be back uh, live. Um, I, you know, we, we pre-record those shows to make sure that you've still got your fix. But I know that the, the chat bounces better, especially when we're reading the, the, the chat, etc. So, yeah, great, great to be back. Great to be back. Thanks for your kind words. Maguire, unlucky to hit the ball with a big slab. I'm not a big fan, but fair dues to him. Yeah, it was a good header. Really good header, mate. He's um, he is you know, listen, he's 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 a good international player. He's just not very well, not 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 great at club level, and probably down to the fact that Manchester United have got so many issues going on, you know, behind the scenes. Missed you last week, Steve, but enjoyed the fill-ins. Thank you, David. Yeah, it's um, it, it is difficult um to find that balance, and as I say, when you know you're doing, you know, we we're filming for three weeks, and even the days that I wasn't filming, I was uh, you know on set behind the camera so it's been great god how many you know how many opportunities i'll get like that who knows but it was great to be able to do it and um yeah but i didn't want to let you guys down would be the biggest statement in football if we beat city to bellingham you're not wrong you're not wrong at all thanks for watching she says take care goodbye julie and uh great show steve good to have you back live thank you rachel Thanks to all the moderators. You know, I'd be lost without you. Um, you're, you're a massive help uh, to me. And, um, you know, everybody in the chat as well. It's been great to have you on. I'll take another couple uh, before I finish. USA had the youngest team at the tournament. I think they'll batter them on Friday and give them a good old turkey stuff in the day after Thanksgiving. Mark, you've got a, such a way with word, Mark. But that's because you live out there. Uh, wanted USA to beat Wales, but after seeing the player with red and white blue hair, I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Does he look like Steve Hasty, John? That's the big question. Okay, guys, listen, big thank you for joining us. Eased us in gently. Um, get myself sorted uh, for half past 10 in the morning with Ross Gregory. Looking forward to chatting there. Newcastle United and a bit of World Cup as well. Uh, but hope you have a pleasant evening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, I'll play out with the ads, which I need to refresh. Uh, but I'll play out with these ads and then the, the outro music. See you all in the morning, half past 10. A big thanks to all our sponsors, starting with Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 253, email inquiries at skipsandbins.com, website com. easy contract free and pay as you go, waste collection. Uh, thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals, you can find them at 304 Old Durham Road on Gateshead, uh, telephone 0191478273 or email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or the website darrenbaldwinfunerals.com. .co.uk. Thanks to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists. Their website is the gohd.com. And thanks to Three Property Investments, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the Northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patta underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at threeproperty.co.uk should you be interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. You can order them by going to the website, mrvickys.co.uk or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to the guys at Blue Hole Brewery. You can find them at blueholebrewery.co.uk. Got a vast range of beers. They're a new brewery company uh, and their cans are suitably uh, addressed like the Jolly Juicier in the strips of Newcastle United from the 90s. Big thank you to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things and aqtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle and the guys who run our website. If you want to subscribe, then hit the subscription button. If you want to hit the likes, then hit the thumb up. And please share your uh, social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And the rest goes up 24 hours after the show has finished. If you want to join, well, you can click join underneath the video and become a member for a small fee. If you want to pay the £25 fee and get a cup, a pen, a scarf, a membership card and entry into the monthly draw, then go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and click membership or use your smartphone on the QR code, which will take you straight there. We also give you a free car sticker. If you're a subscriber, simply email john at nufcmatters.com to claim your free car window sticker today. 
We also support the Food Bank on here. NUSC fans, foodbank.co.uk is where you can find the match day bucket and make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. We still do a lot of events in and around the region. If you want to see Super Mac pre-match and after match, you can go to the Dog and Parrot in Newcastle and uh, hear Malcolm give his views on the uh, game and uh, and listen to what he has to say about his career as well. Always a great afternoon. Kids are welcome. Good food, good beer. And get yourself into Pumphreys. Uh, you can always see John Anderson and John Gibson in there pre-match on the cloth market in Newcastle. A couple of events coming up in 2023, an evening with Peter Beardsley, Friday the 10th of February at St. Dom's Catholic Club. You can get the tickets direct from the venue. And Peter Beardsley is also at the Tyneside Irish Centre on Friday, February the 17th. Tickets available from Woucher for that one. Get yourself on the Woucher, make a cracking Christmas present for any Newcastle fan. Also, an evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford, Friday the 2nd of June 2023 at the Grand Hotel in Gosforth. Uh, tickets for that are available from www.healandtour.org.uk forward slash events. And if you fancy a Christmas jumper, get the Bruno Christmas jumper from nufcmatters.com. Mm-hmm. 